The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. jackpot has grown to over 64 million dollars it all started with a lottery ticket you got the numbers wrong wrong an honest cop and a waitress probably you've had good luck your entire life which is the opposite of me in the middle of a very bad day just don't have enough for a tip i'll live lottery ticket if this ticket wins i'll come back tomorrow and split the proceeds and if it doesn't i'll still come back and leave you a tip what do you think I think I'm never going to see you again. What happened next? 64. <laughs> is beyond their wildest dreams. I've got something to tell you. This is a story of money. Why don't you stop at half? Why don't you just give her all the money? Would you get off my foot? The things it can buy. Just a quick stop at Tiffany's, darling, and I'll be born again. And the one thing... You're doing great! It can't. Oh, no. TriStar Pictures presents... It's nice to meet somebody who you can just talk with, you know, and hang with. This lottery thing, it's from one day to the next, it's like you become this other person. Ladies and gentlemen, I just won the lottery, and tonight's ride home is on me and Missy Von Biazzi. To put you in a straitjacket and take you to the loony bin. Nicholas Cage. It's like we're on two different channels now. I'm CNN, and she's the home shopping network. Bridget Fonda. It's like a fairy tale. Rosie Perez. Woman with the heart of gold. <laughs> it could happen to you. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, this is Jimbo from The Tragedy of Cinema, along with my co-host. Kyle here, film of love. <laughs> film of love. Um, we want to do a little something special this year, so I told Kyle, I said, Kyle, you know, we love our listeners. Exactly. We're romantically involved with all of us. And I said, what better way than to do a nice rom-com uh, for our listeners uh, on, and release it on Valentine's Day? So, Kyle, I chose this movie because I think it is just pure enjoyment. I think so, too. It is really like the, the perfect feel-good kind of movie. And it's based on a true story, which it we is. will find out. Yes. Um, so, 
this will be episode 130, and it is It Could Happen to You. Yeah. But Kyle. You have a question? Before we start. Mm-hmm. If you only had one Valentine to pass out to somebody, who are you going to pass it out to? <laughs> Gosh. Oh, Mila Jovovich. No, no, no. She's married well, and has kids, I'm sure. Not Sigourney Weaver? Not Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Yeah, yeah, You'll find out on the next podcast. Next podcast will be fine. Uh, I have no idea. Jimbo, you have a wife. Who would you give it to? Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously my wife, but, yeah, but if Reese Witherspoon showed up, she yeah. might have a fighting chance. I had to look at my third grade teacher. Let's find out here. <laughs> I would, but I think that's dead. <laughs> I'm going to say it's your third grade teacher. That's right. <laughs> wow, Kyle. You know, Neil Patrick Harris, again. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he just opens up, just tosses it on the pile. On the pile. On pile of them. But, um, no, this is a really feel-good movie. Yes, I agree. Um, and, and it's just the performances by Nicolas Cage and then, um, was it Bridget Fonda? Yes, Bridget Fonda. She is such an adorable person in this movie. Oh, and yeah. Rosie Perez in this movie is absolutely comedic gold. Just pure evil in the best she way possible. She is so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't, she should have won something for this because she is hilarious. Yeah. So, Kyle, um, this is our Valentine's Day episode. We want to do a little extra bonus episode for people. So, let's go ahead and take away It Could Happen to You. All right. It Could Happen to You, released on July 16th of 1994. Were you born? I, I was born, but I was only half a year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, directed by Andrew Bergman, um, written by Jane Anderson, composed by Carter Burrow, Burwell, and cinematographer was Caleb Deschanel. Editor was Barry Malkin, and casting director was John S. Lions. Budget of the film was $20 million in 1994. Adjusted for inflation today would be about $39.5 million. Opening weekend, it made just $8.1 million, but um, in that um, just for inflation, would be about $16 million. And then gross worldwide, it made the big bucks where it brought in $37.9 million, which in just for inflation would be about $75 million today. So it did well. Not like uh, blew over the moon on that well, but like it did well enough to be like, this is a good movie. Solid movie. And uh, Rating Wise also got reviewed pretty well, too. Um, moving on to a quick little uh, well, synopsis and plot summary, too. Um, a police officer promises to share his lottery ticket with a waitress in lieu of a tip. Um, lo and behold, he actually wins $4 million in the lottery and has to um, give and proceeds to give her a $2 million tip. And, uh, and that leads to a romantic comedy where the two get together and later divorces as a wife who wants the $4 million for herself. And uh, hijinks ensue. And the cop's a good guy in this, don't worry. No, he's a really good <laughs> yeah, guy. Really good guy. A pretty swell guy. Um, one of the things I... I, I, I <laughs> as much as I love how ex- like it feels exaggerated how good everyone is and how bad everyone else is, like that bad people are really bad and the good people are so super good <laughs> that it feels exaggerated to me. So like the realities could be a little bit different. I'm sure they're fine people, but I can't believe some of the stuff where it's like, really? Was your wife that evil all the time? I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
we'll go through that later. Um, but yeah, that's a quick little summary of the film, anyways. Um, technical details: this, minute, this movie is 101 minutes long. Aspect ratio is 1.85 by one. This is a color movie, of course, being released in 1994. And uh, let's see here: sound mix is actually mixed in Dolby stereo, so enhanced features there. This movie was filmed on location all throughout New York, so we have like 750, 7, 750, um, 750th Avenue, um, 725th Avenue, Central Park, Manhattan, Yonkers Courthouse, um, Hudson County Courthouse and New York Avenue, and Pavoni Avenue, and New Jersey, Jersey City, Manhattan, Queens, Yonkers, and all that good stuff. So filmed on location all throughout the film there. Pretty cool stuff there. Always like when films are filmed on location wherever they can be. So cool stuff there. Um, no awards to go through this time. I've got to check for the last minute there, but it'll be okay. We'll just move straight forward to the cast, which we have a great little all-star cast here. And if I went through all the cast, I'd be here for another hour, but I'm going to hit like the big characters for the main highlights here. So first up, we have the legendary Nicolas Cage playing the character of Charlie Lynn. Nicholas Cage, easily best known for such films as Face Off 1997 and The Rock 1996. Then movies like Con Air and uh, even recently The Massive Weight of Unbearable Talent. And, uh, Coming up in the upcoming Renfield. Renfield, which looks Dracula. amazing. Yeah, and there was also even The Vampire's Kiss, I think, in the 90s as well, and a bunch of other crazy films. And if you've seen a film, you've probably seen a Nicolas Cage film. Let's just say that. <laughs> would you would you equivalent Nicolas Cage now to like Kevin Bacon? Could there be like a six degrees of Nicolas Cage? Because, you know, some of his um, financial troubles, he's had to take on roles that basically he can't turn down a role, I think. You know what I mean? If there was a while there, I think he's gotten over that hump entirely, right, though. Right, right. Um, you know, because there was a year there where, like, he was like, 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 he was like, in like 50 movies in one year. <laughs> it was like, yeah. that's insane. Um, but I. I I'd have to look more at Kevin Bacon's career overall to do that kind of comparison. Well, because um, you always hear about the six degrees of bacon. Yeah. That's yeah. not that's not temperature of cooking your bacon, Kyle. It's, yeah. it's no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think it's a fair, it's probably fair. Um I, if you if you think Bacon was there, I believe you. But um yeah, I think Nicholas Cage is great overall. I, I have nothing more to say. I don't do that necessarily. Um next up we have Bridget Fonda playing the character of um, Yvonne Basie. Um, Bridget Fonda was also in the films A Civil Plane in 1998 and Jackie Brown in 1997. Next up, we have Rosie Perez playing Muriel Lang. Rosie Perez was also in the films White Men Can't Jump in 1992 oh, yeah. with uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes back yeah. in the day. And um, also, I think most recently I saw her in was uh, Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey movie. Um, I think it was in 2021. I didn't write the date on them. I think it was 2021 or 2020, one of those years. But uh, did she yeah. play in that? Um, she was the detective. She was the detective oh. in the film that was uh, trying to like basically bust Harley Quinn, and then in the movie she's actually like helping her out in like a crime fighting way. It was a, it was a solid movie, and Rosie Perez was actually really great in it. Next up, we have Wendell Pierce, Karen, uh, Wendell Pierce playing the character of Bo Williams. Wendell Pierce was also in the films um, The Money Pit in 1986. And he was also in the little-known show The Wire in 2002. Was he the guy that was just basically uh, narrating it? Uh, I believe he was, yes, the narrator in that film. Um, next up, we have Isaac Hayes playing the character of Angel Dupree. Isaac Hayes, is the um, he was the investigator throughout the entire film that kind of is watching over the couple as they... Um, get to love each other and also, you know, get to know Rosie Perez's character, and he's the narrator of the film. So that's what that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh yeah, Isaac Hayes. That's it. Oh, Wendell yeah. Pierce. No, sorry, he was his partner in the film. Right. I thought you were talking about Wendell Pierce in his role in Money Pit. No, no, no. Um, no, Isaac Hayes. No, he's the narrator and the investigator in the film. And Isaac Hayes also uh, mainly known as a singer. Um, he did the um, theme song for Shaft back in the day too. So you think who is the man? That that song, amazing. Wasn't well, he also uh, Chef? Uh, no, I don't. 
Is that? I don't believe that's the actor for Sheffer. If, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm embarrassed right now, but I don't believe that's the actor for Sheffer. Oh, oh wait, or is it? Um, Isaac, da, 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 Isaac Hayes. I'm looking it up right now. Give me one moment here, folks. Play elevator music. And he does play Chef. Yes, he's he the did. voice of Chef. You're right. Um, From South Park. Yep, I should have known that top of my head, but I didn't. I feel embarrassed now. Um, but it's okay. But it was also in the films Escape from New York in 1981 and Robin Hood Men in Tights in 1993. Yeah, absolutely classic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next up, we have Victor Rojas playing the character of Jesus. Um, Jesus. Um, he, Victor Rojas was also in the films Die Hard of Vengeance in 1995 and Max is Missing also in 1995. So cool there. He was the, he was the kid actor that um, uh, Nicolas Cage was being friendly to and playing stickball on the in the road. Yeah. Kyle, I got a I got a, a project for you. You do? Cool. Watch I, wa- I want to know, mm-hmm. has there ever been an actor or actress that has been nominated for like um, an Oscar for best actor for two different movies the same year that because they both came out that year two um so like gosh. how both those movies came out in 1995 mm-hmm. could he have been nominated for best actor for this movie or best actor for this movie at the same time ah oh, gosh you know I can certainly not think of one off the top of my I head. I don't think so, but I, I just thought that would be an interesting... It would be such a rarity to have in Well, I'm just saying, now. so let's, let's say, basically, Forrest Gump came out, and Saving Private Ryan came out in the same, the same year. same year, something like that, too. And Tom Hanks was nominated here and nominated here. Could, yeah. could that happen? Or is it like you only get one nomination per... You need to do uh, some research, because I'd like to know that. So you are now... On the hook to find on out. The, on the hook of that. I might do that one next I want to week. know the rules and um, regulations. Uh, rules and regulations. My guess is there's no explicit... My, off the top of my head, I'm going to say I'm going to guess there's no explicit rule about that. But I don't think the um, the organization would want to do that. Because Kevin Bacon nominated that. for six movies and the winner is exactly. Kevin yeah, Bacon. Kevin Bacon, exactly. <laughs> so I don't think they would want to do that because it would appear immensely unfair there from the start too. Right. You know, especially in... I know Oscars gets a, you know, something like that too about um, whitewashing a lot of their award ceremonies too. So they have like... The, the two awards for the same <laughs> two nominations for the same white guy that would look bad to you for the Oscars right now but in the history that bet could happen too but um, that's going to be off the top of my head if not we'll get back either later in this podcast or next week we'll be like hey this is what happened here um, or next week not well next week's going to be Aliens we already did a little bit of that one but the week after we'll do something or I'll intercut something it'll, it'll be weird we'll find out though the, the future will happen. Um, next up, we have Seymour Castle, though. Um, Seymour Castle playing the character of Jack Ross. He was um, um, Rosie Perez's um, new boyfriend halfway <laughs> through the film. Rich guy. The, yeah, yeah, the rich guy. <laughs> so, um, I, <laughs> once again, like, the evil characters play so deliciously evil. Like, they, they took such enjoyment of just being, like, <laughs> just... Oh, yes, I take advantage of everyone. <laughs> I take from the poor. It's great. Love him. Um, um, uh, but Jack um, Seymour Castle was also in the films Rushmore in 1998 and Death Game in 1977. Next up, we also have the le- another legendary actor, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci playing the character of Eddie Bassey. Stanley Tucci was also in films such as The Terminal in 2004 with Tom Hanks. We were just Excuse discussing a little bit earlier. Yeah, and he plays an excellent antagonist in The Terminal. I love Terminal Death. We covered the movie sometime. Um, he was also in Big Night in 1996 and a ton of other movies. Stanley Tucci's an amazing actor, too. I don't know why. I was, I was watching him um, just a couple weeks ago in um, uh, Transformers 4, <laughs> which is not a good movie, <laughs> but he is in Twain in it. 
Uh, yeah. Um, next up, we have J.E. Freeman playing the character of um, Saul Bontempo. Um, J.E. Freeman was also in the movies Alien Resurrection in 1997. I believe that was the third or f- third Alien movie, I want to say. No, was it Aliens 3? I don't remember anymore. Um, he was in Alien Resurrection in 1997. He was also in Miller's Crossing in 1990. Next up here we have we have the actor Red Buttons playing the character of Walter Zakudo. Kyle was just unfathomable. Somebody's name was Red. But like surely not his birth name. It has to be his actor's name, Red Buttons. Like you have to have a different name for your you know being an actor. I was like, oh cool, Red Buttons. <laughs> Watch his name be like really John Smith or something like that too. Um, but yes, Red Buttons was also in the film, the original, the Poseidon Adventure in 1972, and Hatari in 1962. <laughs> so, Atari with a Hatari, Hatari, Hatari. <laughs> I was thinking of like, how do I pronounce this very quickly? Like, Welcome to the trailer in like literally two seconds in. Hatari, Hatari, like done. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, another great actor here, Richard Jenkins, playing C. Vernon Hale. Rick and J- Richard Jenkins was also in the film The Shape of Water in 2017, one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Um, and he was also in Step Brothers in 2008, another excellent film with uh, Will Ferrell and... Uh, what's the name of the actor there? Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell Did and... you just say The Shape of the Water is one of your favorite movies of all time? It is, yes. Don't judge me, I'm right. Don't judge me, I'm right. That movie... Is weird. <laughs> First of all, how are you going to clog and fill up your whole entire bathroom by putting a towel down and turning on the water? It leaked. It leaked. It leaked. And the answer is romance. <laughs> Love conquers all, including I, I guess, including yeah, bathroom links. Yes. Yeah, that was that was just a weird a movie. Beautiful movie, and I love it to death. Um, sure you do. Yes. So moving on. Next up, we have uh, Robert Dorfman playing the character of Walter. Robert Dorfman was also in the movies A Couple Days, a period piece in the year 2000, and the film Vampire's Kiss in 1988. And that was also starring Nicolas Cage as well. Um, that's what I was thinking of earlier because he's doing them. Um, that was like that was like the last vampire movie he did, and the new one's going to be Renfield coming out later this year, which I'm very excited about. I think we got to that in our next um, real talk where we talk with Brett and everyone else right. in the group. We talk about Renfield because that movie looks like it's going to be awesome. But anyways, that is the cast of It Could Happen to You. Jimbo, let's go through some of the notes. All right. So as I stated earlier, there, there's not a lot of information out there about this movie. Um, it's just a good movie that we figured we threw out there. And it's, it's, a good, it's a good romance. It, it, it's very straightforward. You know, it makes you not feel much... happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, as I said, this was based on a real movie. Or a real life movie. story. It was a real movie. It was a real movie. It was a real, real movie on a life story, yes. <laughs> it's uh, based on a true story, but it's a little different as we're going to find out. So the movie is based on the true story of Phyllis Penzo and Officer Robert Cunningham. For 24 years, Penzo served as a waitress at Sal's Pizzeria in Yonkers, New York. Cunningham, a 30-year veteran of the police force in nearby Dobbs Ferry, New York was a regular customer at the restaurant, well-liked by the staff there. His favorite dish was linguine with clams. One day in March 1984, Cunningham asked Penzo for help picking his weekly lottery numbers. Penzo suggested three numbers, and Cunningham came up with three more numbers on his own. Cunningham jokingly promised that if he won, he would split the winnings with Penzo as a tip. The next day, to Pinto's surprise, Cunningham and his wife came to the diner with a winning lottery ticket in hand. Cunningham's ticket had won $6 million, which he split with Pinto, giving her $3 million. In real life, however, as stated in a disclaimer at the end of this movie, 
Cunningham and Pinto were both happily married to other people for many, many years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those, like, it's like, okay, like, I get how you want to spend this in the love story because, like, you can just, they, that's what they did. They made this this right. great, room, like, fantasy of just, like, oh, everything worked out so well. The waitress and the waiter and the, wait, the waiter and the police officer meeting together and, like, it's every cliche but played with utter sincerity that makes it all the more endearing. Um, but the real life story is like, oh yeah, these actually like were regular people with regular life problems and not weren't going like overboard of like being incredibly nice or very very evil. Actually, like a lot of regular people just doing regular people stuff. So, right. You know. um, excellent. So Kyle, I have a question real quick. Go for it. Shoot. We are famous around our area because after either before we record a podcast or after we record a podcast, we are known by several waitresses or waiters throughout this area, mm-hmm. either for breakfast or lunch. Yeah. Kyle, how hard would it be if you won the lottery like that? How hard would it be for you to, if you've made this deal to go back to the waitress or waiter and do the right thing? Or would you never be seen again? Ah, gosh. I know what you want to say, but I but I yeah, know yeah, what yeah, you yeah, probably you, would do. You know, you, you know, yeah. You, everyone wants to say that they would they would honor the thing and split the money. That's what I want to say. What I do entirely too. Um, so I think like I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't entertain the idea of like trying to get away with it and taking all the money for myself. I wouldn't possibly think of that. But I probably lowball. To a degree, possibly, <laughs> I, or, or like come to like 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 listen. I, I I will set you up for sure. Like you don't have to work again. That kind of like that kind of money. But the idea of like the bulk of earnings, I probably want to keep myself if I bought a lottery for myself and I chose the numbers. Well, in this case, they split the numbers in real right. life. But like in this scenario, in this movie specifically, that's what I'm going to entertain. Where like no, I because have, if you remember, he didn't put the right number down because. So when his wife says, "I picked all the numbers." In this movie, remember he he makes the one of uh, the dates because it was like the twenty sixth or something. And she was yeah. like, "Well, that's when we always celebrate." And she's like, "But that's not our date." Yeah, yeah. but he ended up but, it, but 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 they made the thing that he or she uh, picked all the numbers and that she got it from her dead father came to her and all that. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, specifically, when I'm saying this case that um, Bridget Fonda's character, the waitress, didn't have any influence on the numbers he chose in the movie. That's what I'm saying too. That, right. Like, if I split the numbers in real life, then I think that it is like more of a responsibility to share the money in that case. But in this case of the movie, where if I chose all the numbers and I just happen to say like, if I win this large ticket, I'll split it with you. And if I won that case, yeah, like, but he's. Yeah, but he said I'll split half with you. I do believe split half with you. Said. Yeah, specifically. Okay, yeah, split half with you. So yeah, uh, if that really happened, I feel like I I might lowball him to some degree, just like realistically in my case, where it's like I'm going to make sure you're set up, you're good. You know, like like if one of those things, like if you get half a million dollars, you could buy a house and retire with a good nest egg. Probably just do that. Even if I get one like four million dollars, but like you know, in my heart of hearts, I wish I be. I hope I be the person to be like honor the deal, do the whole do the full split of two million to two million. But you know. I'll cross that bridge if I ever come to it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. How would you, what would you do? Would you take it all? Would you split it? I mean, we both want to be honorable people. We want to be good people for sure. Yeah, Everyone does. Yeah. yeah. yeah probably. I mean, you're going to, yeah. let's, let's face it. We're all going to be a little Rosie Perez in this movie in real life. A little bit. Yeah. She's like, are you stupid? But, but the thing, but the, you got to remember Nicholas Cage didn't go in there and say, Here's your half a million dollars or your two million dollars. He gave her a choice. Mm-hmm. He said, because basically he tells her, hey, do you want a tip or do you want half of what I've won in the lottery? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I'll take half of what you won in the lottery. You know, just be in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Giving himself an out. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, he's like, are you sure that's what you want? She's like, yeah, give it to me. He yeah. said, she's like, he's like, okay. He's yeah. like, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> she's like, so uh, she's like, well, we did well. And she's like, oh, yeah, what, what, what did we win? He's like, well, we won. She's like, oh, yeah, what did we win? And he's like, well, actually, we did really well. And she's like, what? He's like, you just, it's, you get $2 million. Yeah. And I also want to say, like, uh, more broadly and more hopefully, I think most people would say what we would do, too, where we might lowball them. But I think most people would actually come down to it. They probably actually would actually split the money because they would feel the guilt of not doing that. And, and half the listeners are yelling at their listening device, are you crazy? You'd never see me again. I have my own island somewhere. <laughs> you know I, mean? <laughs> I, I, I like think, oh, I think a lot of people would say, like, oh, I would be selfish about it. But when it actually came down to it, like, are you really going to, like, are you going to, like, you know, mess over with this one person who, like, you, you feel indebted to now? Like, you know, everyone wants to clean their ledger. They want to clean off their debts and like that too. And just like messing over a random person, or in this case, a person who also like is a working person themselves and doing that kind of work themselves. Like, you know, like she's a waitress, try to bank it to me and all those kind of things. Like she has a rough life and you have the ability to make her life better and you ignore her. That's not okay. In a lot of people's book, I don't think a lot of people were more decent than that. So I think a lot of people would say like, Oh, I think I would lower baller, but I think if it came down to it, a lot of people would also split more people than you would think. Yeah. I would hope so. Anyways, that's what I think. People are good. <laughs> Uh, this was released in the UK the same week that the National Lottery was launched. All right, Kyle, you're going to laugh. Go for it. Tell me you're not going to laugh before I read this to you. I'm not going to laugh. I will not okay. laugh. Um, okay, let, let me hold my paper up here so I can watch this. Are you ready? If you laugh, you got to buy dinner today. Are you ready? In the movie's initial phase, it was originally titled The $2 Million Tip. Arnold Schwarzenegger was slated to star in the movie, but ultimately chose to star in the last action he wrote instead. <laughs> you know, it's very you know, funny. You know, you know what's even funnier? Is he said, you know, would, I don't have any money on me, but I'll come back tomorrow. He said, I'll be back. <laughs> Jimbo, you're terrible. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Because it's funny. I, it is funny. It is funny. It is funny. But can you imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger started this movie? <laughs> How funny would that I have just, been? How funny would that I have just, been? <laughs> Ah, you like, laugh. You can't make a shirt like just like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking in like that whole like tight shirt. They, they, that's what they would have to do. <laughs> I'm just imagining him in the police uniform in like the tightest police uniform possible to show off all his muscles and all kind of stuff too, and not just everyone being distracted by this this <laughs> this gargantuan this leviathan of a man, a police officer. Well, that would change the scene where uh, the the where Nicholas Cage goes sneaks through the back window with because yeah. Arnold would have just blew the guy the guy's <laughs> yeah yeah he would have just ripped the wall off the front of the building and then just you know or like the idea of like if he threw like Nicolas Cage throwing a can at a criminal and knocking him out believable Arnold Schwarzenegger throwing a can at a criminal that man's dead his head's gone (laughs) regardless of the reality that's what you think I knew you would enjoy that that Arnold Schwarzenegger was slated to start oh my gosh all Oh, okay. Schwarzenegger really can do a dramatic role too. Wait a minute. So let's go with the alternate universe. Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Mm-hmm. Here's the two women that could have started opposite, but they turned down the role of Yvonne Biasi. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Number one, Marissa Tomei. I'll never say no to Marissa Tomei. <laughs> but the other one, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's a, Arnold, that's a choice Arnold Madonna Schwarz- and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger and Madonna what a what a terrible idea man I want to see that dumb <laughs> movie say, I kind of want to see it that sounds awful but man that would be 
just those two personalities just clashing in a movie. <laughs> man, that would turn out bad. <laughs> but man, I want to see someone make that mistake. <laughs> oh man, that's like okay. I told you it's gonna yeah. be funny. Okay, to me, it would have been great though. Too. You know, there may not be a lot of notes, but the notes we have are gold. Are excellent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne tells Officer Lang in the diner that her luck is so bad that she had a puppy die of parvo. But she doesn't even know what that is. Kyle, do you know what parvo is? I have no idea. Can you tell me? Parvo is a virus that afflicts puppies and is marked by severe intestinal and heart problems. It is readily preventable by making sure puppies get all their vaccines, although Yvonne probably lacked the money to pay for them. Aww. She makes it sadder. How do we go from being sad to being laughing? Just whiplash right there, Jimbo. My neck's going to hurt all day now. Uh, Nicholas Cage and Richard Jenkins both appeared in Trapped in Paradise, which also came out in 1994. Uh, the front page of the new the, the funny thing about this movie is whenever they have a, an update in the story, especially during the trial, there's always like a front page news like, oh, like yeah. cop, cop gives waitress two million dollars tip, and then it's like uh, dead 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 father gives winning lotto numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> in their darkest hour, you know, it's just it's it's, it's, it's really great. cool. But uh, the front page of the New York Post with the headline "Cop gives waitress two million dollars tip" is obviously a fake story for the movie. But the back page with the sports was real and published uh, in the Monday, June 14, 1993, New York Post. The New York Mets made that day's headline, and a top column says Suns rise in three overtimes after their Game 3 win that year in the NBA Finals against the Chicago Bulls. Sports. Yes. Uh, the second collaboration between Nicolas uh, Cage and director Andrew Bergman, the first was Honeymoon in Vegas. I've not seen that one. I have seen Trump You haven't seen so. Honeymoon in Vegas? No, I've not. Is it good? Uh, yeah, yes. it is. Okay. okay. Uh, we got to put this on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, the complete coffee shop building was an actual working dinner prop that was made from scratch for this movie on a parking lot on the corner of North Moore Street and West Broadway in Tribeca, across from the FDNY Ladder 8 building. Diner exterior and interior shots were done on location. After filming, it was completely torn down. Jimbo, let's go down there and, and take a picture right there. And, you know. <laughs> on the corner? Yeah, exactly. You're just on the corner. This is the corner. Road trip. Ni- Nicholas Cage was here. <laughs> uh, this is the first two times where Nicholas Co- uh, Cage plays a cop. He would do it again in The Wicker Man. That's right, The Wicker Man. What's other movie? Oh, uh, oh, Bad Lieutenant? Is that the one? Is it Bad Lieutenant? This is the first oh. of two times. So this movie and The Wicker Man, Kyle. He was also a cop in Bad Lieutenant, though. And this note was probably taken later before Battle Lieutenant came probably. out. Could be. And also, Battle Lieutenant is not a good movie. Um, but <laughs> Nicolas Cage, Bridget Fonda, and Rosie Perez were all born in 1964. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Makes it an age appropriate romance right. movie. <laughs> at, at Charlie and Muriel's divorce proceedings, uh, Muriel has had breast augmentation. Remember, that's all she wanted. Was, yeah. Get the surgery. Uh, they but in are, reality, it's just Rosie Perez. They are real Rosie Perez's real breast. She had to have them bound down for the first half of the movie to appear smaller. Yes. She's yes. funny, dude. Remember, she's got the, the mirror out, and she's kind of looking down. <laughs> she's so funny in this movie. Classic. For every scene, she's a cartoon character. And um, I've told you, we went all our films have been all the way around on this movie, from funny to sad um, to hilarious. Now, this is heartbreaking. Oh. Uh... And, and this is the last note I have, and I wanted to make it the last note, um, but the firefighters of Hook and Ladder Number 8, the FDNY-8, were among the first responders to the September 11, 2001 attacks. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, never forget. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you see an older movie and you still see the two towers, and you see like the FD number eight building, uh, hook and ladder and all that, it, it makes you stop and realize hmm. um, 
there were some tragic events that happened that day and that there were families affected yeah. um, and it, forever. It, it, it just, it's a, how much the world has changed since that event, too. Like, so many films of the 90s have a lightheartedness right. that you don't get anymore, especially in films set in New York. You know, like, there's, you know, a few kid movies still set in New York get made, and they have a lightheartedness to them. But, like, you know, really, like, this is actually, you know, this is a relatively good adult romantic comedy kind of stuff like that, too. Not, like, adult humor or anything like that, but, like, appropriate for adults to watch. And uh, those films don't get made anymore for various reasons, but one of them being just 9-11 kind of just saps a lot of hope out of Americans for basically a decade you know, mm-hmm. plus and now you know we're covered in Marvel movies and that's what right. kind of like the world is but I, you know, but I figured but, how appropriate on Valentine's Day to end with something to show our love for you know the, the all the first responders and firefighters and and all those of that tragic day and their families you know what I mean that mm-hmm. uh, you know that they are loved I, yeah, worldwide entirely yeah um, so I, you know I almost did put that note in the movie and I was like or in the notes and I was like you know it's if you need to talk about it, you know what I mean, and, and yeah. you don't want to forget. But it, but it, it makes you uh, more conscious of when, of when things like that happen. So I thought it was important to put it in there, and it's Valentine's Day. So Kyle, what's your thoughts on this movie? I think this movie is excellent. It is like a like I think it's like eight out of ten character. Like I think it's just great. It's not like a perfect movie. It's not like amazing. It's not going to change your life or anything like that. But it's a perfect movie of just like it's like a it's it's like a warm bowl of soup in some ways. Like a warm bowl of chicken noodle soup. It's like it's it's just what the doctor ordered when you're feeling down or feeling in the blues in a really really fun way that I really appreciate. You can kind of watch a movie any time of the day, and it's always kind of like happy and uplifting and just a good all around time. So I think it's excellent. I don't think it's like the most important movie, but I do think like everyone can have value in seeing it. It's something to just clear the air in a lot of great ways. So I love it. Um, Jimbo, how do you feel about it? Same. Uh, it's it's a feel-good movie. Um, I, uh, Bridget Fonda in this, in, this, in this film is just adorable. Um, you feel sorry for her, you, you know, the struggles that she went through. Nicolas Cage plays an outstanding role, a good human being. Um, <laughs> their on-screen chemistry, Rosie Perez, the on-screen chemistry between all of them it's almost perfect. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I love this movie. I've, I, I actually went to the movie theaters to see this. Um, but I'm just saying it's it's very, very good. And, and, and I'll probably watch it several more times in my lifetime, I would assume. Um, but I think it's really good. So um, that will conclude our Valentine's Day episode. We just want to do something special for you guys. Let you guys know we love you, our listeners. Um, yeah. Really appreciate you all listening, all that stuff. Really, yeah. It's nice. And, you know... I kind of like Kyle too. I'm not gonna say the L word too. Some, I, I but, tolerate uh, Jimbo, but I'm just saying, you know, for, even for, for Kyle to step up and be part of this podcast, it, it wouldn't be as good as it is without him. Uh, so, Kyle, you know, love you, brother. Love you too, Jimbo. Thank just, you. Just, just, just for all your hard work and everything, or just showing up. <laughs> I would say hard work. Existing, <laughs> you know, I had to get a little something in there after the mushy stuff. So, um, but with that being said, this Valentine's episode is coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut. Thank you.